0: our big episode 250 last uh, just this past weekend, and that was Free Comic Book Day, and that was the first time we'd recorded. Obviously, it was my fault, because um, I moved about 3 ago, and as you know, when you move, you, you're turning your whole life upside down. It, it, took, me, it I, took me about a week just to find my microphone. <laughs> and, and I had surgery, so... <laughs> you had surgery, yeah, you had minor surgery, and you went to... Uh, a minor surgery. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like brain surgery or anything. Know, like yeah, no, no, it was
1: like uh, out of work for four days, kind yeah. of surgery. <laughs> so. um,
0: but you, and you also went to Star Wars Celebration, which was yeah, you know, having, you know the, was, like the lead up, getting ready for it, being there, and then coming back and decompressing from that would be. It's like it was, tough. it was bonkers. in a good way. It was
1: well, not not necessarily all. good. Oh, okay. Like it's this is the first time I've been to. This is my fourth one, and this is the first time that I'm like. It was great, but it wasn't all good. Okay. Um, I because they had no idea how to handle the amount of people that were there.
0: Now, was um, this a new organization running it? Or? No. Oh. No, it
1: was Reedpop. Pop that runs um, New York Comic Con, Emerald City, mm-hmm. you know, like C2E2. I think they do that one. They run big shows all the time. And they, and they actually ran um, Celebration for the last, I think, for... The last three or four?
0: Okay, so this is not you new know. territory for them. You
1: no, know, they, they should know how to handle it. And they, I don't know what happened, man, but they just had like a brain fart. Like they, all right, so let's, in uh, in Anaheim, you know, the, the previous show, there was 60,000 people. And now they moved it to um, Orlando this year, and there were 70,000 people which is, um, you know, the highest, you know, visited Star Wars show yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so 70,000 people is a lot. I mean, New York Comic Con and, you know, San Diego, they're probably up around, a, get, closing in on 150,000 people per weekend. Um, somewhere up there. But uh, 70,000, we're like, ah, they can handle it, because, you know, there were 60 at Anaheim. And, you know, previous ones at, in, uh, or, were in Orlando, and I think the last one that was there, they only had like 35,000 people. So like they've doubled their their people for this venue, and it just like day one there was um, lines around the building, you know, like that as far as the eye could see. And uh, and you know it's you know five o'clock in the morning, mm. and the show opened at ten. <laughs> and, wow. Uh, and the news, you know, the news helicopter showed up and was like, "All these people are outside waiting to get in." <laughs> <laughs> and they had like, you know, three, you know, um, metal detectors set up at the security checkpoint, and they're like, "Oh, wow, we didn't know there would be this many people." And it's like, "What?" <laughs> and
0: uh I mean, well, how do they not know? Because I mean, you, it's not like you can just show up to this thing right i mean you have i mean people buy their tickets
1: i bought mine a year ahead of schedule so
0: that was yeah exactly um
1: but yeah then you know like every day it seemed like it got a little better like they figured out how to get people in the building so they weren't all outside um they had more security checkpoints they had three by day three they had three entry points um you know, like so they they improved on on things as they went, but it was like, why didn't you know this is this is their bread and butter? You know, we were just surprised that they couldn't get it right right out the gates. And um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what I don't know what happened, but uh, and then like some of the other things that changed that, um, in hindsight we were like, why did we do you know like what were we thinking? But they <laughs> they had um you know for entry into a lot of the the main panels, um, you know, like the big ones, like the 40th anniversary, the last Jedi, um, you had to have a wristband. So like people were literally showing up the day before and standing in front of the building, waiting and, and camping on concrete for the next morning to get the wristband at 5 AM. And, then waiting until 10 a.m. for the doors to open, and then the actual event was at 11 a.m. Um, so they, there were people that were literally putting 24 hours in before the events. And um, and we're like, why why did they do this? You know, like I mean, and then the other thing they did, um, different from Anaheim, the the biggest um, arena in Anaheim held 7,500 people, which was Nice. You know, we were like, that's pretty good. And then the one in Florida only seated about 3,500 people. And we're Hmm. like, so they went to a smaller venue with less seats in the main room. So, like, there was literally people that stayed overnight that didn't even get into the main room. Yeah. Like, it was like, and and what we realized by the end of the weekend was, we're like, we had to earn everything. For this, show. Like we had to we had to fight. We had to get up early, and and stand and sit on concrete and do our you know like we were there at five a.m. every morning, and and you know we were on the go till like ten o'clock, eleven o'clock at night. So we were literally only getting like four hours, to four to five hours of sleep. And um, we're like, oh my god, like this is unbelievable, and and it all you know revolved around them having that wristband rule. Um, and, uh, you know, but we, you know, we prevailed on many occasions and, you know, we got to see Mark Hamill and, uh, Warwick Davis, you know, that was, he was the moderator for certain panels. So we got to see him, uh, Okay. you know, and then like, the, you know, the reveals were fun and, you know, I, you know, a collectible hunter and, uh, I found, You know, a lot of, a bunch of the exclusives that were at the show I was able to get, and and a lot of that was just being there early enough to get in, and gang-rushing, you know, vendors, um, you know, with a, (laughs) you know, a couple hundred other people. Um, but I will say this, like, as far as, like, the fans, the fans were, were above and beyond the best part of the show. Um, everybody was super cool, even though it was frustrating, um. You know, everybody maintained their lines. You know, like even when there was no defining line, they were still like, "No, mm-hmm. no." You'd be like, "No, this guy's in front of me." You know, like you're in me. Yeah. No one else is in front of me. You know, like every person was doing that. Like, no, he's cool. You're not. You're mm-hmm. getting back into the line. Mm-hmm. And uh,
0: yeah.
1: You know, and it was like, you know what? I mean, this is this is awesome. Like the people, the people were just totally. Uh, you know. Oh, and then we saw Weird Al, which was pretty amazing. Um, they had an after party for the 501st. Um, the Stormtrooper Legions, um, right. for anybody in the know, um, and they help. They have their big party every year, or well, not every year, but at every celebration they have a huge party, and you know, you pay, uh, you know, you buy a ticket, and they put every every dollar goes towards the, the event. So they were able to afford Weird Al um, for the show. And hmm. they had, you know, he did, a, like, about an hour's worth of music. and uh, Wow. And it was just great. Like, he did songs that I thought I'd never hear live. And it was just amazing. Um, because I've seen him so many times, I thought maybe, you know, he would just do a part of his set. And now yeah, he hmm. went... You know, he went for deep cuts. He went for songs that no one expected. And like, you know, I looked around and I think there was four of us that actually were words. <laughs> so I was like, "This is awesome."
0: <laughs> but uh, so it was so. On one hand, it was totally worth it. Yeah. And on the other hand, it was brutal. Worst, worst decision ever.
1: Yeah, it was. It was um, <laughs> uh, very hard to say that if it's gonna, you know, like even afterwards we had. We had all talked about it, and like, be hard to say that I would go back if it was run the same way. Uh, they do the, you know, you have to show up. Like for instance, if if you're going to see a panel at 7 p.m. on Saturday night, why do you have to get up at 5 a.m. on Saturday morning to get the wristband for it? You know, like it just didn't make sense. Like there was stuff like that. Like, what are we doing? Like, we really want to see that. Um, they do a, um, this was one of the cooler events of the show was, um, uh, they do a, like, a radio show where they have voice actors on stage and they read a script and they play sound effects and they basically record a radio show. And, um, Hmm. uh, it's, and it's excellent. It's, it's, you know, you've done three of these and they, they said this was the final one. It was a trilogy. Um, basically Han Solo Adventures. And, um, it was, I'll, have to, I'll have to see if I can get a link for you just to see what, just to see how they do it. Um, mm-hmm. so much fun. It's a lot of, you know, unknown, or I wouldn't say unknown actors, but lesser known actors. Um, we're on stage for that. And, um, you know, it was great. Um, and, you know, you know I was to say, since we were talking about, we're on the comic book pit, um, I did get to see some artists there. Um, I didn't get to see Phil Noto though, but he was there. Yeah.
0: Oh, I know.
1: I was like, ah. And, um, uh, uh, John Tyler Christopher, who does all the, um, action figure variant covers for Marvel. He was there.
0: Oh, yeah. He was there at a
1: couple booths just doing signings like right out on the show floor. So I got to see him, you know, doing his thing and, um, you know, and these other label artists, you know, that are all Lucas-approved artists, and um, you know, and then we got to talk to the guys that uh, curated um, Ralph McQuarrie's artwork. You know, like Ralph McQuarrie had passed away, recently. Hmm. Um but you know, he's basically you know the the visionary for Star Wars. You know that, created right. All that, and, you know, and they had they had prints for sale, and these guys, you know, they're they're from England. They're like, we knew we knew him. They knew everything, you know, and they were showing us like original, you know, sketches. And they're like, you know, these are for sale. And we're like, I was like, give me a number. And he's like, he's like, that one's about twenty thousand. I was like, whoa. I was
0: like, (laughs) like give me another (laughs) number.
1: (laughs) It was awesome, but like it ranged, you know. He was he was just like, you know, each piece has its own price, you know, but like. Whatever sure. one I was looking at, you know, it was crazy. Crazy numbers. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, hey, I'm
0: going gonna, I'm gonna to pause okay. a second. I think Jared is I think he's going to be with us. Okay, let me see if we can get Total you.
1: appearance by Jared. Detrain Jared. Can we get him?
0: Fingers crossed. Come on. Big money, big money, big money, big money. He says
1: he thinks he's good. Let's see what we got.
0: Still trying. <laughs> it's swollen. Still trying. Call uh. failed.
1: Oh, and he just this oh, already he just dropped back down too, though. Yeah. He went back to...
0: Okay, office. well let's keep going and see what right, happens. Jared, we're um, we're trying. We are trying. <laughs> He's um,
1: much much like uh, the Flash or something, you know, I'm trying to reach out to the <laughs> Flashpoint. No.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's goes,
0: a sort of goes from CBP pass. <laughs>
1: yeah. um, that's sort of my, you know, my wrap up. Up and, and um, I do have pictures. I I was going to just put together a little like a little album or something
0: and a, yeah that would be great website. i think people would love to you know people that uh you know like 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 like, like i love star wars but you guys are on a di- like a different level yeah then like i'm i guess it, like no matter how much i love star wars i'm always going to consider myself a casual fan compared to I, you guys i
1: did not i didn't even realize that i'm apparently ahead of the curve you know on like of the you know like I read some stuff recently that, um, you know like the average Star Wars fan spends three hundred dollars a year on Star Wars merchandise. I was like,
0: <laughs> that, that's all three
1: hundred. I'm like, that's a weekend. No, it's just no, it's not that bad, but but it's bad. Yeah, <laughs> but I was like, I was like, seriously, three hundred for a whole year, like. What are you even buying? Are you buying anything? You know, but no, I just kind of laughed because then I realized I'm like, wow, I really am like a a, a super fan.
0: Yeah, I mean that's I mean c- considering what those things cost, that's really not a lot. No,
1: I was surprised like some of the numbers they were throwing out there, and I was like, I was like amateurs, you know, like come on.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean if if you factor in no, like. Just in- like going to see like movie tickets and the cost of the like the new merchandise and then the cost of vintage merchandise I bet I
1: spend 300 mm-hmm. on on Star Wars comic books in a year you know not to mention all the other things just in the Marvel mm-hmm. you know the new books that Marvel's putting out I mean there's a there's plenty there and then I buy I just bought a, one of the original Marvel run omnibus because, because it's there, you know. I was like, I now I have a you know edition of, you know, the first forty-four issues of Star Wars, you know? mm-hmm. and now I don't have to, you know, worry about opening my old ones and you know, my originals. So, oh yeah, it's okay. just stopping.
0: All right, well, we got a lot of a lot of comics. Yeah,
1: on yeah, I got yeah. Like I, I'm basically jumping into summer crossovers, you know, and I know you got some. You got some things going.
0: Yeah. Well, why don't you, why don't you go should ahead. we
1: start with go the first. button?
0: Yeah, I think I think we I think we should start with like kind of the the big summer crossovers from yeah. Um,
1: Batman, you know, Batman and Flash. Uh, it's like a mini crossover right now, and I imagine this will probably you know continue over the summer somehow. But for now, they have a four issue crossover series called Button. And this is finally the story that um, addresses the uh, Watchman smiley button that um, appeared, you know, when they rebooted, you know, after Rebirth uh, of the universe. Mm-hmm. And Batman was like, what the heck's with this smiley button? Um,
0: yeah, because uh, after he found it, it pretty much, I-, I feel like it will not for...
1: At all, really. I mean, they, yeah. they danced around... In, uh, Superman they danced around it a little bit, you know, about what's going on and how the Watchmen are involved um you know, there's discussions that Ozymandias and uh, uh the blue guy everything.
0: oh, Dr. Manhattan yeah,
1: um, Dr. Manhattan are involved and are meddling with uh, the time stream, um, but you know this is all pretty much speculation at this point, like there's been really no solid proof and um So now we have this new story, um, where, you know, the Flash, oh, and, you know, at Rebirth, you know, like we were joking around, but, uh, you know, the Flash, um, rescued Kid Flash. I can't name either. Drawing blanks now. Yeah. Yeah. But basically he pulled him out of the the time stream, um, and Mm -hmm. remembered him. Like he was cut because, uh, no one actually remembered he existed and Barry remembered him. And
0: yeah and that was kind of a, that was a real that was a very it emotional was. moment
1: it, it was an excellent issue <laughs> um, but uh, so now you know Batman and flash are the ones that really were um, touched by this this anomaly and so now they got their own little crossover um, to invest you know they're they're investigating this and um, these are like some of the best comic book stories I've read in, in a long time. Um, just like they're just bumping on all cylinders. Um, I'm trying to think where it starts, but, uh, basically Batman is analyzing the button. Like that's kind of where it starts. And, um, reverse flash shows up out of nowhere. Who's supposed to be dead and just starts beating the hell out of Batman. Uh, then uh, you know that's sort of the first issue. It's sort of just um, Reverse Flash going nuts, and then he um, disappears into the time stream, unknown. And when he comes back, he he dies on the spot. Like they're like, like what the hell? You know, like for a first issue, like what the you know Batman's laid out. Um, reverse Flash mm-hmm. returns, and then he's dead again. It's like wait, what? and um, you know, and Flash shows up at the end as well. So then um, they decide to use the time sled, which I think is probably one of the goofiest uh, things ever. It's like the t- the time treadmill.
0: Oh, oh, the, the time treadmill, treadmill, right?
1: Which is just silly. I mean, that somebody somebody's like, yeah, you just run on a
0: treadmill. Oh, that's I mean, that's old school. That's like silver. It is,
1: and you know, that's kind of what I like about this book, this. This, this thing is just, this story is going everywhere. Like it, in that issue of Batman, they laid out the panels like it was Watchmen. Um, you know, and then in this Flash issue, they, they totally go old school with the, uh, styling. And, um, you know, and they, they managed to travel back to, um, uh, Barry's, uh, other universe that he created, um, where Bruce Wayne's father is Batman. And, um, and they get to meet, He's like, you know, so Bruce gets to meet his dad and it's like, this is awesome. You know, <laughs> like,
0: and they're, and, and they're both, Batman. yeah,
1: they're both Batman. <laughs> it's like,
0: this is so cool. That's pretty wild. Yeah.
1: And, um, you know, but now they're on, you know, they did three issues. There's only one left and, um, you know, I don't know, I don't know where this thing's going to end up. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Um. And uh, Reverse Flash returns in it too, when they're in the time stream, and they figure out that this is the Reverse Flash um, from Part One when he disappeared, and they actually run into him while traveling through the time stream. So they're like, uh, they're like, "No, you die!" And he's like, "No, I, you know, I, I know <laughs> He goes, "I've seen everything, and, um, you know." So they just leave there. It's like, what the heck? You know, this is gonna be. I can't imagine with issue four that it's just going to be over. Like, this is mm-hmm. this is the launch for the summer.
0: Oh, yeah, I was yeah. just going to say, I mean, I'm sure the, the ramifications from this story is going to, you know, echo yeah. throughout the whole DCU. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, they, um, you know, like I say, with Superman, they've already touched on that, too, um, you know, with two Superman went around and and some of the ons that have happened. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, yeah, it's, and then they did, uh, lenticular covers, which are always fun too, you (laughs) know, I paid the extra dollar, I was like, give me the fancy cover, um, but they have regular edition too, so you don't have to pay if you, you know, the bells and whistles, um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, oh, yeah, I, yeah, highly recommend, uh, reading it, and, you know, like, just kick back and enjoy like, it's like old school, Comic, comic telling, editing. <laughs> nice.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna have to look. I'm gonna have to look that up because I've been hearing nothing but good things about those those issues. And I'm I'm super far behind on all my DC reading. Um, I'm probably like as Batman, Batman, I, I probably thought like, I'd like, get issue ten or eleven. Yeah. So I'm I'm super far behind. I mean, and
1: and those aren't like I actually broke off from Batman for a little bit. You know, like they got into the Bane story, and I wasn't really interested. Um, but I, mm-hmm. I jumped back in on this issue, and I didn't really need. Oh, issues. okay.
0: So, so you don't have to even read yeah. up to, I, I did, read, you know. I was like, read the Rebirth issue. That's really here,
1: that's so. really all you need for this, like okay. because you know because it really does pick okay. up with Batman in a of the button, and you know he and he basically recaps for you and says, "I've been looking at this thing every which way for a year and it's done nothing," and then like and then it actually crackled, um, you know, with some energy. And uh, that's what got them, like, you know, he called Flash. He's like, you should come over and check this out. And uh, Reverse Flash got there first. Um, okay. So it was just kind of that's where, you know, you really don't need any other um, backstory for it, you know, besides, you know, what happened years ago um, in the DCU. But, uh, um, okay. yeah, you know, they'll fill you in, you know. Cool.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, well, well. You uh, you mentioned the, you know, the old school storytelling, and I'm gonna use that to segue into one of my picks this week. And um, I read Nick Fury number one yeah. from James Robinson, and the artist is just um, ACO, just ACO. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's how this person is just credited. ACO, okay. A-C-O, ACO, ACO, I don't know. Um, actually, I, okay, so I... And, and this is Nick Fury Jr. This is the African-American Nick Fury that was shoehorned into the comics a couple years ago as the son of the original Nick Fury who also has um, the Infinity formula that Nick Fury has, you know, in his body, so he's... You know, he's not like Captain America where he, you know, where he won't age. But he's, you know, his aging is slow and he's faster, tougher, whatever, yeah. stronger. Um, but that character, you know, b- because of his origins and, again, feeling like he's just been shoehorned into the Marvel Universe uh, to replace the old Nick Fury with the Sam Jackson yeah. Nick Fury... Um, I didn't like that, yeah. and, and 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 so the character never really held any appeal for me, and and eventually they kind of just shuffled him off to the side. I know he was part of like the Secret Avengers for a while, and they they kind of threw him into stories here and there, but I don't think they didn't really know what to do with him. Right. Right. So, uh, well, now he's back, and he is a agent of Shield, and. uh, I'm going back to my original talking point, which is Um, James Robinson and and Akko put together a first issue that feels like it is um, something that Stan Lee and Jim Steranko would have done in the 60s or 70s. Um, It's, it's just a straightforward spy story. Just kind of like a, like a casino heist caper. Uh, he's got, you know, he's got some gadgets, he's got some tech. Um, the art, is just these amazing two-page spreads that um, Acko puts together. And, and I have to give a, a lot of credit to the color, um, to the uh, coloring, too. Um, uh, Rochelle, Rochelle Rosenberg was the colorist. And the coloring in this book is just... Amazing. Nice. Like, it's really, it just, I mean, jumps off the page with these vibrant, just, I mean, like, vibrant almost isn't, like, a strong enough word. Wow. <laughs> um, somewhere between vibrant and obnoxious, <laughs> but, like, more vibrant than yeah. obnoxious, but there's there's a lot of, um, just a lot of bright colors in here. I just, and, um, yeah, I just looked it up, wow. And God. it's just a, it's a fun story, it's You know, it's Nick Fury versus Hydra. And he is, um, and there's a flying car and there's, you know, all these great action scenes and um, Hydra's got a flying boat. So you got a boat and a car in midair fun each other. Um, And uh, just one of the most fun books I've read in a long time. And and I felt like, uh, like I saw a preview for this book a couple of months ago. And I only saw, like, two or three pages, and it was, like, kind of unlettered and even a little unfinished. But as soon as I saw the preview pages, I thought, I'm going to have to check this out. This looks pretty cool. Um, So, you know, and and in fact, it's Dick Fury Jr. is almost like an afterthought. Like, because his, I think because he's still kind of a blank slate at this point. Like, this really could have been anybody... In this story, it could have been Natasha Romanoff. It could have been Steve Rogers. It could have been Clint Barton. It could have been someone, Sam Wilson. It could have been someone else doing some sort of espionage type story in this, you know, in this kind of throwback-y style. But because it's Nick Fury Jr., I'm a little more interested because I think, well, maybe they're finally going to do something with him and help him find his place in the Marvel universe and with uh, you know, James Robinson steering the ship, I feel like this book has a better chance than maybe if a different writer was right. Um, plus I, 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 again, with, with the art, with this uh, ACO art and the coloring, I mean, this is gonna be a fun book to read
1: yeah.
0: month in and month out.
1: Yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy. Like just looking at, um, how they, I mean, like, there's, like, this, it's a sky-high caper, and mm-hmm. it has, like, this full-color background, but everything in the foreground is just still inked. It's like, what the?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And then it kind of goes into the comic where it's all black and white, and it's still in color. Oh, it's just weird. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. cool.
0: But, and, and, and again, this is something that anyone can just pick up. And, and read, you, you know, uh, you don't have to know who Nick Fury Jr. is. You don't have to know all the, like, how he got to where he is now. Yeah. he He's an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., and that's all you need to know, and he's fighting Hydra. Nice. So, it doesn't get more simple than that. I mean, there's, so there's, there's something just so very pure about S.H.I.E.L.D. versus Hydra, or, you know, Nick Fury versus Hydra. There, Any Nick Fury, I guess. There it is. And then,
1: and then you know, that's a great lead into my next review. You know, the pureness, you know, they basically, um, with the Secret Empire and um, the allegiance of Captain America, not so pure anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's been a lot of controversy surrounding this
1: book.
0: Yeah. I read the, the, the free Comic Book Day issue, and I read issue zero.
1: Oh, I thought that was okay. I read issue
0: one, and the comic oh, okay. Day one. Well, now, from what I understand, issue zero, like okay, more it's almost more of a complaint, but also you know, talk, like or a side you know side conversation. Remember when issue zeros never really they were more of just like. Oh, you can read right. this, but it does. But if if you don't read it, you're not going to miss right. anything. Okay, issue zero leads to like, like you kind of need to read issues. Yeah,
1: because wow, I read issue one and was like, wait, when did the world go upside down? <laughs>
0: yeah. Right, I, I haven't read issue one, but from what I understand, it's it's a lot of like Captain America in meetings with in, in Hydra headquarters and Captain America yeah. like. That's accurate. It's like... It's like a corporate grind.
1: Yeah, heroes on the run. um, Being hunted down because Hydra is now the new normal in America. And Mm -hmm. Captain America is having meetings with, you know, like... You know, Madam Hydra, Baron Zemo, Reaper. Yeah. Arnim, Zola, Hive. You know, it's like, what the... Like, what...
0: Yes. So so this... uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, like, again, from what I understand, that first issue was not very impact
1: No, it wasn't. It was a grind. It,
0: it was c- kind of it boring. It was a
1: grind to read, and it's double-sized, so it was even more of a
0: The issue zero was awesome. Ah, See, I, because, and I, I'm not trying to, I, I don't want to no, here. no. I'm just going to, but I, I'm going to say, like, I, so I read the the free issue, and I read issue zero, and I really enjoyed those two issues. And I understand and I agree with the controversy surrounding this book. But and, and this is something we've probably talked about ad nauseum on this show. Whenever they, you know, Marvel or DC or whoever does something to change the status quo and people lose their minds, it's like, it's, it's not going to stay this way. Everything is going to go back. Eventually. They always, always go back. I- so, this is just a blip in... Captain America. See, story. That's,
1: I think that's the that's the um, division that's happening between the fans and Marvel is you know because there is one, um, but they're... Mm-hmm. like the you know the last time I read uh, you know a mainstay Marvel book, um, you know they were picking up the pieces from the you know the smash you know the Battle World you know I was just kind of mm-hmm. like. Mean,
0: Oh, from, from Secret yeah. Wars.
1: Yeah, and like this mm-hmm. is their answer to that. Like,
0: well, and yeah, and to, to be fair, Marvel the way they're handling things is just been kind of a mess for the past two yeah. years. Yeah, and then the um, like, like everything is just like
1: wrong. Like the char- <laughs> you know, like the characters are even joke. Like they're they're basically joking what the audience is thinking. Um. You know, when Cap in the the Free Comic Day, you know, Cap is revealed to be the leader of Hydra. Um, they're like, it "Can't be! Is he a Skrull? Is he um, LMB?" You know, mm-hmm. and, and it's like, "Yeah," because yeah. it's not that long ago that the Skrulls invaded. You know, and were body right. doubling, and you know, it's like, oh "My God!" Like,
0: um, well, everyone's like, "How did?" How did we get to this point? How did this happen? Like everyone, all the characters, all the, the heroes are just dumbfounded, and, and you're right, I think that kind of echoes fans. Yeah. So how
1: did
0: how did we as a as a fan community reading these great comics for all these years get to this yeah. point? Like everything is just kind of a mess right yeah. now. Yeah, it's just Um I don't, I
1: don't know. But I'm but I'm interested in in it, because for me, I've gotten to a point where you know i don't I don't like all the crossover stuffs. So I'm literally just reading the main crossover book, you know, like the main title, and I'm not going to read mm-hmm. Captain America or you know, the, you know whatever Spider Man's doing, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: in the shadow of this. You know, I don't I don't care anymore about
0: all yeah. of that. I'm I'm not going to read any of the side stuff, and I, I think I'm going to continue to. To check this out, um, I, I feel like the only light at the end of this particular tunnel is the, the plans that Marvel has post Secret Empire, with I guess is going to be their name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nothing, but I feel like this is the one that's going to write this ship that's called, I think it's called Legacy or, or Legacies. And they're going to, um, they're actually, all the books are going to go back to their original numbering. Oh, oh! I did
1: hear that uh, somewhere, yeah.
0: Yeah, so all the Marvel books that have been rebooted and renumbered and recast and uh, gender-swapped and who knows what, um, everything's going back to their original numbering, which, uh, let me tell you, as someone who's worked in comic book retail, that's going to (laughs) suck. That is going to suck hard. Because... Uh, I, I can't even imagine how the filing is gonna go. It's just gonna be to cluster.
1: I think um I think this the secret, you know, to um to filing sometimes is just to look at the um, month you know, the month and year on the inside, you know, in the credits. Um like if it says July twenty seventeen at the next issue. Yeah. You know, even though this issue might be, you know, um, parallel dimension you know, issue one, it's still in line with whatever book.
0: Yeah. You know, right. Like, but 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 just think about how uh, many how many Captain America titles there have been. There how many how many different Thor titles there have been? It's madness, and, yeah, for sure. Right. It, it is it is madness. I would just. I mean. We need to nuke it for just nuke it for more of it. Yeah,
1: it's like you have to decide.
0: It's it's the only way to be each sure. Sto-
1: <laughs> each store just has to pick their filing system and then own it. You know, like you have to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just go pure alphabetical, you know, or you go by, um, you know, I'm doing all Avenger books, you know, or I'm all Batman books together, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, or you just, you know, like, or you go by companies and then alphabeticals. That's, that's actually what I do it in my long boxes. Um, mm-hmm. alphabetical. Um,
0: well, we all know you're insane. Yeah. So. Yeah. we'll take we'll take that with a grain of salt.
1: <laughs> but I, I would think for a comic door, I think strict alphabetical would be the best way to go. I, I, yeah. I agree. Yeah, in the strictest, like no matter what, you know, whatever the first letter is, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, if they change the title, well, then it's over in this other box. <laughs> but uh... no, but um, you know, as far as like the story, yeah, I think. um I think I'm not. I, I don't know. I, I think of anything. I'm going to trust Nick Spencer, who's writing Secret Empire, um, mm-hmm. to to give us a a good payoff at the end.
0: Yeah, I I do. I'm a, in, a, in a broad sense, I, I do. I I have enjoyed Nick Spencer's mm-hmm. writing, and I've enjoyed, like I said, I've enjoyed the two issues I've read. So. Yeah. I just hope that after that issue number one kind of hiccup, that that, it'll kind of pick up a little bit. Um, And I don't, like I said, I don't know why they even do issue zeros anymore. It's like, because at at this point...
1: To me, an issue zero shouldn't come out, you know, either after or during the story. And it's like, hey, here's a little lost piece that might help, you know, solve the puzzle.
0: Well, you know... Like I said, issue zeros were almost kind of like, like fluff. Yeah, yeah. Issues where where, if you if you decided you didn't want to read it, it wasn't going to impede your enjoyment or understanding of the story from issue one yeah. on. But I am pretty sure you if you didn't read issue zero Secret Empire oh. and it just jumped into number one you'd be like, what, I, what's this? You know, on? I was
1: Robin Williams right there. I was like, what year is this? You know, like, I didn't, I'm like, what am I reading? You know, like, what?
0: You how just got I... Yeah.
1: <laughs> I was like, how, how, long, how long have I been not paying attention to <laughs> Captain America? <laughs> how
0: long have I been gone? Yeah, how
1: long have I been gone? Because, you know, now we have some of the heroes, like, um, you know, Cap still calls up the Avengers to now take off, basically take care of, you know any dirty work that he
0: needs done as a Hydra? Now see, and and I heard about that, and that's interesting because as far as I could tell, in issue zero, there was no like no switching of allegiances in that no, issue. It wasn't like they're like, oh, Cap's right, I'm going to go with him, have, even he's all an alien Right, hydra. so they
1: have like Odin, Son, um, Vision, Scarlet Witch, Doctor Octopus is now wearing spider armor again. Which I didn't, I didn't hmm. know about that, you know. The Taskmaster, Deadpool, and Ant Man, and they're all they're all in cahoots now, um, and they were all ones that stood against Cap. So I don't, I don't know. I'm like, when did that, like when did this happen? You know, like what, you know? Yeah. Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna sell us a a main book, you know, have the story in the book, you know, but
0: uh, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but um. Sounds confusing, but, but we'll just I, have to. Talk I roll,
1: it. you know. I roll with the punches with, uh, you know, with what they do, so, you know, and I'll I'll keep reading it because I, I do want to see how it plays out. So they got me.
0: Okay. Well, uh, speaking of rolling with punches, I get it. You get it. I read Jim Rugg and Brian Maruka's Street Angel. After school, Kung Fu special, from uh, from Image. Ah. And um, you said you got this. I right?
1: picked it up. I didn't read it yet. But go okay. ahead. I
0: didn't flipped hit. through it. Okay. I, I well, there's know not what like a, on, w- you know. Yeah, it's not really like anything like spoilery, um, and in fact, you know, so we you know we are fortunate enough to to know Jim. He's he lives in Pittsburgh, as do we, and um. We follow him on the social medias and, or and at least I do. I'm sure, I figured yeah. you do. Um, and he he posts a lot of his work in progress. So I've I feel like I've seen oh yeah bits and pieces of of this. Um, uh, clearly not the, the the entire thing, like not entire pages, but you know, just, you know he's he puts a lot of his work in progress online. So I was you know really looking forward to this. I mean I I, I love anything Jim does. I'll just put yeah. that out there. Um, but his, you know, his character stage was kind of like his first, uh, um, the first, like his first big character, like I think he got published, uh, with, um, oh, it was an indie publisher and I'm Um, liking on the name, Slave Labor, maybe, Slave Labor Graphics. Yeah, it was one of those two. Um,
1: I think it was Slave Labor. So
0: he, yeah, so he, you know, he published his first... Six issue mini, and then it was collected. And and uh, you know, S- Street Angel is just a story of this, um, a basically a, a homeless teenager. Uh, her name is uh, Jessie Sanchez, and people know her on the Street Angel. And she's kind of just a kung fu badass. Um, she's not Asian. She's this skinny, awkward, cocky girl with with choppy red hair and she rides a skateboard and and she fights ninjas (laughs) just it's such a surreal world that they live in that you know that we don't know a lot about her past It's just that she lives on the streets she fights ninjas (laughs) but in this kind of this this one-off issue she um she goes to this is like a day in the life of her going to school when she's uh, says, you know, when she chooses when she chooses to attend, as you save in the world, um, you know, but even when she's in school, she's still kind of a rough and tumble, take no prisoners, just kind of like a hard ass, um, and you know, she she kind of mixes it um, mixes it up with a school bully, and um, you know, there's a fight to go in, but then it's intertwined with just scenes of her doing normal kid stuff, which is funny, like. Playing dodgeball, or being in the cafeteria, or um, uh, operating a sewing machine in uh, Homeec. Well, it's not called Homec anymore. It's uh, Family and Consumer Consumer yeah. Sciences. Um, but it's just a fight, and um, you know, a school dance, and just all the. And, and, and of course, there's a fight at the end, and it doesn't quite go the way. That it's supposed to go. There's a little bit of a twist, and uh, no, it's. A, I never, you know, I I hesitate to use the word cute, with Jim's work because it's not like, but it. But in a sense, there's there's a there's a there's a still a little bit of innocence to this Uh and it's it is kind of cute. It's kind of like, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's there's because there's there's still it's a story just like kid be kid. That, just so happens again that there's a homeless skateboarding uh kung fu teenager that is in (laughs) the school so just a lot of fun you you could pick this up um and just enjoy it uh enjoy it for the story enjoy for jim and brian's um or for jim and brian's story or for jim's art which is always a, a treat you know i could you know, again, anything that Jim does, I've always enjoyed. So, um, and, you know, that it's coming out from Image is kind of, you know, it's great for Jim. I'm you know, happy for him as a as a friend and as a local artist. And, um, you know, we've we've watched him for years, um, and the, you know, the work he's he does is just, you know, nothing short it's, it's of just... It's always
1: out of the box, is what I call that. Yeah. You know, like, it's always, um...
0: Well, it's it's deceptively <clears throat> yeah you can sim, like sim, not I'm, not simple but like no but you know, you, there's there's you think, detail to it but it's it's you would think like
1: why didn't I think of that you know like you know what I mean like it's almost like yeah. you look at it and go oh I I see I see how he did that you know and it's just so obvious like that mm-hmm. I can't believe mm-hmm. one else is really doing this you know but he's the mm-hmm. only one doing it you know. Um, like doing yep. the um uh just writing and you know, like when you open up the book and it has uh all the stuff scribbled
0: oh, oh all the doodles yeah all the doodles yeah how you used to doodle when yeah. you sketch in your uh, your notebook and, or your textbook and yeah,
1: yeah you're it's a, just... you know you're a kid in in school middle school or whatever and like me oh my god i you know that's all i ever did was work in the uh you know in, in the letters of my you know my notebooks. Like I, I mm-hmm. constantly was drawing in the in the gutters, and he applied that to the design. You know, um, on the inside the cover. Yeah. You know, which is like this is so cool. You know.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and and it looks like, you know, Jim has this this ability to take something and make it look like it's something old, something vintage, something that was sitting in mm-hmm. someone's basement for 30 years right. or so. Like you open this book up and there's pages that look like, like dirty textbook pages yeah. that are all drawn in different in pencil and head different colors. And, um, you know, and, and he also, he, he applies a lot, his, um, he, he does his ballpoint pen style to a lot of this stuff. and, it's it's great, yeah. You know? So um, yeah, Street Angel after after school Kung Fu Special. Yeah, it's a it's a mouthful, but it's so <laughs> worth it.
1: Worth checking out for sure. Jeez, um, I have no transition for this. Um, oh well, uh, now <laughs> I don't know. You have failed. I this have time failed. i so. transitions. I don't like change. Um, That's okay. Now, um, so I had a little bit of commentary on the new issue of Walking Dead because, you know, we're, it seems like we're the podcast that likes to discuss that book way too much. <laughs> but uh, um, the new issue Walking Dead, issue 167, you know, if you're adverse to spoilers, I'm about to spoil the issue for you. Um, if you are a regular reader, you will already know and saw this coming. Um, uh, of course, I'm like horrible with names. Um, <laughs> all right, Andrea is uh, the next one to punch her ticket. Uh, oh. Yeah, Andrea, very long time um, character in the book. One of the
0: yeah yeah one of the originals. Yeah.
1: Um very surprise like it was surprising last issue. You know, like because that's when you found out. Like basically, um, they were hurting. I won't spoil up the grand story, but basically, they were hurting um, walkers to go over a cliff and fall into the ocean. And um, oh my god, I, I, names! Um, I can't think of his name. Starts with the D. Um, not, um, Dwight, not Dwight. Dwight. The um, dude with the mul- <laughs> the mullet. Um, maybe it's not a D. Dude with the mullet.
0: Oh, um smart guy. Um, yes.
1: Um. <laughs> I'm really I guess. No, um Anyway. Eugene. That's the guy, Eugene. Alright, that's probably the last name I'll need for this. Um So Andrea, you know, and and you know, like a number of other of the characters were hurting and uh, Eugene got trapped. And Andrea fought her way back through, and um, on the fight, she got nicked in the neck by a by a walker, and so she was able to make it back to back to camp. You know, and um, by this time in the story, too, um, Rick and Andrea are you know they're a couple. I mean, they're hot and heavy. Um, Carl, you know, calls her mom. You know. Oh. Yeah, like, it's, you know, it's that far, you know, their relationship, you know, uh, Andrea and Rick's relationship is that far. Um, and uh, so she comes back to Rick, and he's just like, oh, my God, you know, like, you're going to die, you know. And, and so the whole issue is basically her dying, uh, which uh. is, it's, it's hard, but um, it's really done well. Like, Kirkman does a beautiful send-off. It's it's a double-sized book I don't think they even marked it up you know he just felt you know he needed the pages to tell this story um, about her you know going and and just like what a positive character she is and and you know how she's always um, pushed Rick to you know to always do the right things you know um, you know but he's just miserable because he's just like I I can't go on you know like after you know, I'm gonna lose you too. I, you know, lost Lori. You know, um, so anyway, like, the book plays out? Um, and um, on the final page, I'll skip it again because I don't want to spoil it for people that are reading it. Um, it's it's very touching. I will say that, the very touching issue. Um, but on the final page of the book, on the inside flap. Kirkman writes an apology letter to the fans. That that hmm. he's sorry that he he killed Andrea. Um, and he goes, I feel like I killed a close friend. Um, you know, the the death in the series are not taken lightly. Um, you know, and then he plotted. The, he basically says, I plotted this issue during a plane ride, and you know, uh, you know, through eyes in the plane. You know, this, you know. Um, and trying to plot it um, and trying to think if there was another way, you know, where she could live and her and Rick could live happily ever after. And he's like, but, yeah, this is, you know, it would have been wrong to not, you know, to not have it go this way. Um, And he goes, so Andrea's dead and the story moves on. Um, And he goes, I loved Andrea and I will truly miss her. And then he signs it. And um, here's... Alright, here's my commentary on that. You know, what happened in this issue as well is, you know, everybody was talking to Rick and paying respects to Andrea, but, you know, here's Michonne, she's recently single, um, and she has a very heart-to-heart moment with Rick. um, That anybody that watches the TV show would be like, oh, they're totally getting together. You know, like, That I I look at that and I go okay they're setting up they're basically going to make now Rick and Michonne the new couple in the book
0: Hmm. it it has to
1: I can't believe it wouldn't happen any other way because of the way that scene played out which makes me skeptical about you know like oh I feel so bad about Andrea's death. You know, he might just be trying to align to the TV show. You know, to try to make, you know, like, there are a couple on the TV show, and then we're going to have Rick and Michonne as a couple in the book. Um, yeah. And it, you know, I was like, that I almost don't, I almost don't buy uh, his, his apology letter. You know, like, I bought, I, like, I, lo- I liked the issue, I liked it. I'll play out. I'm even okay with them getting together, but I don't buy him saying like, "Hey, I'm really sorry I did this." When it sounds to me like it's it's like you just wanted it to line up with the TV show.
0: <laughs> well, well not only that, but I feel like no matter what kind of book you're writing or what you do as a as a creator, you should never apologize. That too. Because that's that, you know, then that almost in, infers that you did something wrong. Right.
1: I might not have even and I would not have even read into it if he didn't put that letter in there.
0: I mean, if you want to apologize for anything, apologize for cutting Rick's hand off. Yeah. But other than that, it's like don't apologize for writing your story because you know, it's you come like, backwards, man. Yeah,
1: yeah. It just seem really
0: like, strange. At this just point, a,
1: yeah, an apology letter in there.
0: Like after Yeah. I mean it I don't think he's apologized for any character's death up to this point. It's like there are six, seven 167 issues into this, you know, this phenomenon. I mean, and don't that's apologize.
1: what I I can't wait to see how the you know um, letter pages play out now for the book. Um, that if there's going to be a blowback about his quality letter and not about the issue itself, because that's that's mm-hmm. my issue. That's my problem with the. The book is his apology because <laughs> I don't think it's it's not sincere when you can see that it's just trying to be aligned to the TV show.
0: Yeah, I, just, I think I think that was a step on, and, on and it his bothers
1: point. me. It actually bothers me as a fan of the comic book that they that they would do anything that follows the show. Um, you know, the comic should dictate the pace, and the show should follow it. Like, it should never mm-hmm. be the other way around. And, like, I, I am like, well, why would he, you know, like, it's, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I could be wrong. But, you know, my instincts tell me that uh, that, that this was more mechanical than, than he's letting on.
0: So. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, you have to so, keep other on that. That's
1: though. all I have to say about it. I'm done. Done with my Walking Dead rant. End scene. All right.
0: Well, I... Th- <laughs> <End scene. laughs> and um, okay. Well, I got the. I, I think I've, I'm uh, pulling up the rear here. We got the last. I, I think the last that I'm going to talk about for this for this episode. Uh, this was a number one issue. I don't think it's really a week or two old. Um, it's from IDW and it's called the uh, Night Owl Society. And. Um, I didn't know anything about this going in. Just, it had an interesting cover. It's a bunch of um, it's five heist kids in various stages of looking like uh, like they're getting ready to fight. Like they got baseball bats and like their hands are wrapped. Like they're getting ready to to to, to tussle. And there's a uh, guy in the background, in the um, kind of a almost like a James Gordon looking dude. Uh, glasses, mustache, and wearing a suit, and uh, th- got a th- sawed-off shotgun over his shoulder. So I'm like, okay, let's see what What's it's about. So, um, my 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 one sentence pitch for this book would be: What if the Breakfast Club went after Walter White <laughs> from from Breaking Bad? <laughs> um, now that that's that's a very Simple uh, interpretation or, ex- or you know, description of this book, but what you've got is um, some high school kids, and who decide to seek justice on their own for the the severe beating that one of their teachers took. Um, not only is he this a, a guy a teacher, he's a priest. Uh, they go to like a oh, okay. private Catholic school, and so. You know, when the story opens, um, it's already some time after, like a maybe a few weeks or so after the inciting incident. And But this kid decides, I'm going to do something about it. So he's been doing these dry runs night after night at like 4 in the morning. Like he, we don't know how, but he knows who's behind it. And he's going to, he, he wants justice. And slowly over the course of this first issue starts, he realizes he needs help. So he starts enlisting uh, the help of some of his fellow students. And they're not even like these people aren't even really friends. Some of them don't even know each other. Like, but he he's putting a team together. Yeah. And there's nothing special about any of these kids. There isn't there's no superpowers, there's no magic, there's no, you know, fighting skills. Um these are just high school kids and um again they're kind of all in their you know there's a there's a jock there's a nerd there's an outcast there's this um but they don't all play to the stereotype of their station in school which is refreshing um like the jock isn't like this meathead dick oh, yeah. you know he's he's actually like probably the nicest guy ever but he but a simpleton you yeah. know what i mean like he's he he doesn't conform to what you would what you would expect from um, a, a large football yeah. player. Um, so it's uh, and there's actually a twist at the end, and I am like I gotta admit I'm like man that this this first issue's got me coming back for okay. a second. So Oh, and, and the art oh my gosh the art was so good. Um, well first let me let me uh, give a little credit where credit's due, so it's by James Venhaus, who I, to my knowledge, have never read anything by him before. The art is by Pius Bach. Okay. Uh, or, or Bach, it's just the last name is B-A-K. Um, littered by a friend yeah. of ours, Marshall Dillon. Uh, but the art by Pius Bach is, it's very uh, David Aja-esque. Both in the style and in a That's lot of the layouts. I was trying to
1: think of. Yeah, David Archer.
0: And I think, I, I think in the back, and there's some back matter. There's like an interview with the two creators, and this artist Pius Bach actually cites David Aja as an influence, and you can really tell. But it's you know, it's not like, oh, this guy's just copying David Aja's style. Um, you know, there, yes, there are similarities, but. You know, I, I feel like i also making it his mm-hmm. own. But uh, between the the style of art and a lot of the the pan layouts, um, I'm like, wow, this this is a this is some good art.
1: Yeah, really. And I also like the color because they don't they don't shade anything. They just use very simple coloring. Yeah. Um, you know it,
0: Yeah, it's not overly rendered yeah. or colored or anything like that. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, this is one I I, I really enjoyed, huh. and uh, I'm gonna be definitely gonna be picking it up. And like I said, the, there's a there's a last page reveal that just like when when you read it, you're like oh <laughs> man, okay, now I see. <laughs> All right. So.
1: Well, I'll have to I'll have to take a look at this myself.
0: So we, um, it's from, like I said, it's from IDW, and we did get a review oh, copy. Oh sweet, okay. Um, so it, it should be uh, on our, on our drive, sweet. so you want check it out. All right. right. Um. So I guess so. We're just about ready to wrap it up, and because um, I think we're probably both out of yeah, I was, I was, Yeah, I'm out of drink, um, so I'm out of voice. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that's all the comics we had to talk about. Um, one thing that I, I wanted to mention at the beginning of the show, and I forgot, and this is kind of important for us for our podcast, is that um, as of issue, as of episode 250, um, Comic Book Pit has partnered with uh, Sorgatron Media, which is a, uh, a local um, uh, media network. Um, we know the the person that runs it personally, Mike sort, uh, he's a great guy and he has been doing this podcasting. Uh, he's been doing po- podcasting for yeah. years. I, I first met him at PodCamp um, back in the early two thousands. And, uh, you know, we've kept in touch. We've done projects with each other since. And, um, he and his team invited our little podcast to become part of their growing network of podcasts. Um, he does a lot of shows on his own. Um, he does a, like some wrestling shows and um, tech shows, and I mean just a lot of great content that he's constantly putting out. So um, I'll put a I'll put a link in the uh, show notes, but you should definitely check out uh, Mike's network. Um, we're gonna you know so so nothing is changing as far as our show or how we do our show or where you'll find our show. But just that we are,
1: we are,
0: you know, like, so we're, we're, we're joining yeah. up. We're kind of like, you know, partnering up as it were. So, um, you know, he's, he's local. We're lo- like, we're, we're all local to Pittsburgh and, um, yeah, yeah it's just, it, it's just kind of, a, it, it's a good it definitely
1: match. definitely is. Yeah. He, um, He's a good guy. I I um actually got to throw uh this the Sorgatron logo onto a comic book cover. Maybe it was uh Oh my god! It was so many years ago. Um, I did a cover for um for John Towers, and uh and he uh it was a zombie wrestling comic, and uh, yeah oh, alongside yeah, oh, the yeah. ring and. Uh, a guy holding the camera that said Sorgatron on it. <laughs> uh, yeah. <I> that. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. And uh, the, you know, the comic book p- pit banner was up, you know, hanging there as well in the arena, so. So, yeah, there you go. Nice. Maybe zombies be next, you know. Uh. You
0: never know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we just wanted to mention that. Um, like I said, nothing is... Nothing is changing other than that, you know, um, you know hopefully we'll get a, a greater exposure um, to, to the wonderful group of fans that, that he's cultivated over the years. And hopefully some of our fans will, you know, check out yeah. Mike's, you know, many shows and uh, video broadcasts and, and check, you know, because uh, there's, there's probably something for everybody with you know on on Sorgatron Media. No doubt. Awesome. Yeah. So um and a couple other things just real quick. In geez, uh ten days, hard to believe. But Three Rivers Comic Con is coming back. Yeah. <laughs> ten days. Ten ten sleeps. Yeah. It until uh <laughs> ten sleeps until Three Rivers Comic Con. So it'll be here before you know it. Um it's gonna be back where it was last year at Century Three Mall in West Mifflin. Great show. um last year it's gonna be a great show this year, lots of great guests. Um, most notably like uh, Mark Wade, Peter Krause, Scott McDaniel, um, Wayne Foucher, uh, Robert Hack. Uh, I mean too you know, too many probably to, to list off, but it's gonna be a lot. And um, it's gonna be a lot on a two day show. It's it's a uh, I mean a purely comic book based show. No celebrities, no autograph hounds, no wrestlers, <laughs> yeah, nothing like that. No, just,
1: probably no queue lines and no wristbands needed <laughs> to bring it all around. Uh, right. You, you get, walk in and you meet you get,
0: people. Right. You get one wristband. Yeah. That's it. When you when yeah you, I won't when say you walk none. in yeah, you pay true, your yeah. You pay your money to get in, you get your wristband, and then you just enjoy. Oh
1: my show. god! Yeah, I mean, the last year's was so great. You know, like we had a special episode just just to talk about you know how much we raved about it. And,
0: uh, oh yeah, and I'm sure that'll happen yeah. again this year too. Yeah, so it's been uh, last. we're both we're both going to be there again uh, in you know different capacities, yeah. obviously, but we're both going to be. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll both be there, so, we're so gonna, we to have a lot to say
1: about it. I think we're even going to be on a panel. I haven't heard the,
0: all the details yet, but I think we're on panel for something, too. Right. There's going to be a podcasting panel, I believe, on Sunday. Okay. Um, so, yeah, once we know the, the details of that, then we'll uh, put that out there. Yeah. and Yeah. Uh, and hopefully those details will be forthcoming. So. <laughs> Although I haven't checked the uh, website in a while, so they might be up there. I know some of them are It's up running, there,
1: but the times aren't um, set. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. So we'll find, we'll find out soon. So, And then um, June 18th, Father's Day, the Kennywood Comic Con. Oh, yeah. Which is a one-day uh, uh, kind of just a little comic show that, that they're putting on at Kennywood. And if you wear a... Comic book T shirt, you get in for a measly 25 bucks, awesome. which is really good. If you if, if you try to go on any other day, pay regular price, it's almost fifty bucks, which is yeah. a little crazy. But um, twenty bucks get in. That's then you get you also
1: get a um, uh, collectible comic book. Right. Uh, there will be artists and vendors there as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, it's going to be basically a great day to go to Kennywood, and then and then you also get like a comic con,
0: (laughs) right? I mean, a a, a comic con in an amusement park. I mean, how has this not happened before now? (laughs) Um, The one thing, just to my run, you actually there's no cosplay allowed. uh, Oh yeah, at this show because they don't want people walking around dresses, whatever, like so you can't wear, um, Yeah. yeah. Like you, like a comic book T-shirt is the extent of it. You can't wear masks, capes, cards, right. anything like that. No fake weapons or swords or guns. Uh, you know, you got to remember this is still a, and I'm an amusement park, still a public place and it's a family friendly place. And um, I know like the 501st is going to be there, but they are restricted to basically staying either in the pavilion where the majority of the vendors are going to be, or somewhere they, ha- they are escorted by like wood
1: Oh, okay. Staff.
0: So. Yeah,
1: I mean, but, um, but we'll. Yeah, stranger things have happened. Though.
0: Yeah. 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 But we'll, you know, we'll we'll link to both of those shows, and again, plus the, uh, you know, all the goodness at Sorgatron Media. Um, is there anything else I forgot? I think, I think that's we. Yeah,
1: I think that's it.
0: God, yeah. I hope so.
1: It's
0: like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got I got dust I got Hot. dust coming up yeah. out of my mouth yeah okay well on that uh, amazing <laughs> visual <laughs> this has been episode 251 of the comic book pit i'm Dan. and i am scott and we will see you next time cheers